Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our new column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and our monthly Comedy Wham showcase at Hobson Time in Lakeway on first Tuesdays. Have you checked out our newly renovated events page page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW? If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. If you like the new survey, send us a quick review and we'll share your review and promo your show on Instagram. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, we are talking to somebody who is originally from New Jersey, but she's now an Austin, Texas-based voice, voice actor and business owner. She records everything from romance novels to educational content for children. Her company, Made It Media, right, we'll, we'll get a correction on how to pronounce that, <laughs> with actors to help them break into the world of voiceovers, a, a work. A world that I will never uh, be able to join based on this read. She is part of the musical duo, The Two Jills, which you can see performing all around town. Her album, oh, we're about to re reveal the name here. Her album, Wake Up Maggie, is out now, and it it's filled with musical and com comedic goodness. She will be joining our Best Of Comedy Wham Showcase at Hobson Time Anniversary Show on April 5th. There's more. She is the star of the movie Self-Isolated, which is an indie thriller. And who doesn't love a good pandemic thriller? She is one of the most positive humans I've ever encountered, so prepare for the love fest. Oh, and yeah. now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Maggie Mayfield. Hi, I can't even take it. That was like the best, longest intro I've ever had, ever. You make me sound so cool. I'm not even that cool. <laughs> I think that was, I was wow. so self-conscious about all the flubs. <laughs> really? I told you before recording that I was so like nervous about my equipment because I know you're like so into voice, like voice acting and voiceover coaching. And here I am like, what? Bleh. Oh my God. You want to know what's so funny about, you know what I say all the time to people? I'm like, what? you're doing it. <laughs> There's so many people that wish they would do it and you're doing it. Yeah, Who I am I to judge? I don't care. You're doing it. There's room I for everybody. Guess. No, there's I, room for everybody. Yeah, you're I am doing, doing it. it. No, your equipment is beautiful. <laughs> it is <laughs> amazing. I saw on Pinterest. Okay, so here's like where I get a little like weird about stuff. So uh -huh. like all the, the wires and stuff. Yeah. This is exactly how mine is. And maybe two weeks ago, I finally went to the dollar store and bought like a basket and some like sticky tape to put under my desk so I could yeah. like lift all the cords so they're not oh, on the floor just so I could vacuum because yeah. like I'll sit there and like whatever you know work yeah. on the website on my computer and it's just like oh there's crumbs and just like <laughs> crap under there you know and I'm like I gotta I'm a grown woman yeah. <laughs> you know? like, I gotta clean up my shit yeah can I say that, can I say that? Okay. absolutely this yeah. is a uh, any language is, is possible here. Uh, well, not in any language, uh, within reason. 
No, but uh, literally, yeah, no. this, is, this yeah. is like, this is me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? Know how yeah. I started? I started with a, a, a USB mic. These uh-huh. are even nicer. These mics that you have. Uh-huh. This Alctron PFO. They are so beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah. I had a USB mic, so it just went right directly oh, into your yeah. computer. And then I put it in a tub that you would put like a, like Christmas decorations in. And then I lined that with mattress topper. Oh, My whole setup wow. probably cost me 110 bucks. You know what I mean? So like, that's how it started. And it's taken me years to get to this level. You know what I mean? Oh my God. And I know I could go further, but I'm just like, oh yeah, this, I just got to make money right now. Bought on the mics bought on resale, but I am so in love with these mics, this brand, the, the warm, uh, warm sound that it gives is like way better than the, the you know the cheap little condenser yeah. mics you know but what? i bought them on resale so yeah and we yeah. could talk like we could talk gear all day but nobody yeah. cares about that whatever <laughs> they're just like tell me all the cool things that are happening in austin yeah <laughs> you know right. <laughs> <laughs> well maggie i know you know nothing about the comedy way and presents podcast so i'm gonna start with an icebreaker question okay one word to describe your past my past <laughs> Ooh, um one word, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That makes sense. That Does makes it? Sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you were born and raised in New Jersey? Yeah, until I was 15. Wow. And then my parents separated when I was 12. And so after the divorce was final, my mom was like, I hate New Jersey. And she moved <laughs> us to California where oh. I finished high school out there. Yeah. Yeah. Culture shock much. Yeah. Yeah. I I could hear like, I have some good friends that are New Jersey based and mm-hmm. I can just like softly hear, like it would oh, be yeah. so easy for you, I imagine, to drop, to just oh, drop get me drunk. into that Yeah, New get me Jersey. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Want to play a softball tournament? Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't even help it. <laughs> you seem like you've always been a performer. Like you're always, you seem always on. Oh my is God. That... Are you my therapist right now? This is what it feels like. It's yes. Free. It's yeah. free therapy. Thank yes. you. <laughs> I got the chocolate. I know. I know. Just missing tissues. I didn't bring tissues. Uh, Listen, I cry a lot. Like every day. I was literally crying on the way over here. I was like, Valerie's going to be like. That's my challenge. All right. Let's do it. She's going to be like, what's wrong with you? Why is your makeup all running? I'm glad there's not a camera in here right now. (laughs) It's just sad. Listen, aren't comedians like the saddest people? Isn't that? Some. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to generalize. <laughs> Valerie's like, I'm not sad. Yeah. Don't put me in that. I've got Miss Purrington here. We're yeah. fine. We're good. I envy you. <laughs> listen, I literally think about, this is like going off. Listen, I just talk all the time now. Okay. And I'm like old enough now where I'm like, if I just cry and I, you're around, you're uh-huh. dealing with it. And if you don't want to deal with it, we got 40 more minutes on this podcast. I'm out, you know? <laughs> I have been thinking about death so much lately. Oh, boy. Right? Is that a normal thing that people think about? Like, I just can't stop. I don't know where it's come. I know exactly where it came from. My aunt passed away last year, and then I went to Paris earlier this year and saw the catacombs in Paris, and it's nothing but bone. If you've never been, it is disturbing as hell. If you're one of those people that are like, I don't want to wear a mask, you want to wear a mask when you're down there because it's all like bones from the plague. And you're like, I feel safe. (laughs) You know, that was a, it was, it was an experience. I thought, oh my God, there's just millions and millions of body, like just miles upon miles of bones. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. It is, it was life changing for me. I can't stop thinking about it. I went with my then 
Oh boy. 12, 11-year-old son? Oh my God. And I'm like, ah, you know, this is all, I love, I was born in Belgium. So. I didn't know Belgium, that. Belgium, Paris, yeah. France, all of that is like. Brussels is beautiful. Yeah. 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 Oh, I so, I part of me wanting to like hit you up for an interview is not, not just because you're accomplished, but I'm like, damn, that trip was good. Oh, wow. Thank you. You hit like the spots. Yeah. I was so happy you hit Brussels too. It was amazing. But yeah, I, we went there with him, and for me, it's like, oh, this is just all part of the history. You know, they, they view things so differently from us Americans, so our different. corny Americans. But Did you just say horny my, or cor- corny? Oh. Corny. <laughs> I was like, I, mean, <laughs> I, was like, I think you have that the reversed. The French are very horny. They are very horny. <laughs> <laughs> Billboards with boobs out, not a problem over there. No, yeah. yeah. There are boobs everywhere. Yeah. But it was very, it was tough on him. To and see all the like bones? Very, yeah, it was, he's very stoic. But, uh, you know, I was okay because I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. It, it was that. But it, yes, it's very thought-provoking to realize, oh, this is how they dealt with this problem. They preserved right. this moment in history. Yeah. Rather than, I mean, there's so many options. You could have burnt them. Right. You could have just... Fed him to the pigs. Yeah. You know, hidden it away. You know what my, one of my first thoughts when we came back up to the surface was, I was like, can you imagine being the guy that found that after they <laughs> forgot about it for a couple hundred years? Like, yeah. hey, Steve, the, I found some bones down here. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? Like, you found a body? That's crazy. No. Um, more, more than that. Yeah. Hell of a law and order <laughs> it, episode. It, it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I didn't do this. <laughs> Yeah, and we're actually glossing over the fact that that wasn't the first place that you faced, like, mortality when you were over there in Europe. Because oh, first you right. were, and I don't remember which which camp. Yeah, you're so right that you said that. Uh, we went to the Holocaust Memorial in Berlin. Okay. Um, that was a heavy day. It was yeah. a really heavy day. I've got Jewish roots in my family. And, uh, and then, of course, we did the Berlin Wall, which, too, is just so, like... So eye-opening. You know, I was alive during that time, so it didn't make the history books for me as a kid um, when the wall came down. So it wasn't wasn't history enough yet to be taught. So I was learning for the first time, like, what that was for people. Um, Yeah, just, that was a a heavy, it was a heavy weekend. (laughs) It was a very heavy weekend. Um, And it was weird because I thought about, like, oh, man, we are so obsessed with pictures and, like, maybe we shouldn't be taking so many pictures. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, one of the biggest things that uh, in the Holocaust Memorial they were talking about was, like, no, we lost all that stuff. We lost all those photos. And Mm -hmm. they didn't have the same technology that we do, but it's like, yeah, your cloud could disappear at any second. You know, like, it could be gone. Take it. Take the photo. Like, enjoy it. You're allowed to enjoy it. Yeah. And then reflect on it. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's all you can do. And Mm -hmm. Man, I think I, my job is an actuary. So I think about mortality all the time because it's my job. Oh, wow. It's like part of yeah. what I do. And okay. Then, so know, this isn't weird then. This, is, this like... is so not weird. Okay. Yeah. And then our family has been hit by mortality in, in ways that are, you know, they yeah. resonate, uh, you know, all the time. So it's yeah. like, ugh. You're yeah. going to make me cry now. I'm sorry. No, that's it's just fine. weird. Like, you yeah. see all those bones, and you're like, what? Is this what it's for? Is this what we're doing this yeah. for? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that skulls can be put in some, like, weird heart shape for me to take Instagram later? Yeah, like, right. I mean, that's that's what people who may be hearing this and have no concept of what this, um, 
I mean, I don't want to call it tourist attraction. It is. A it really is. A tu- it is. is they have formed the bones in these patterns and shapes. And it's like, I mean, they put a lot of thought into There was a lot of forethought way. to yeah. it. They were just it's... bored at some point. They're like, well, what if we made art out of it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I guess we do that too. You know, like I was cleaning my apartment this morning and there was some like indie punk song that came on that I remember from being in the early 2000s, and I just lost my shit. I was just crying. I was like, if I die or if you die, like, I will follow you into the dark. I was like, oh, I get it now. I get what this is about. I'm just like, thinking about my aunt who passed away and my uncle who's like trying to live his life. I'm like, that's yeah. sad. It's just sad. I don't know. I can't stop thinking about it. And so now I'm like just Googling like death art and death poems. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's weird. It is so weird. And it's so, it's like invasive and new. Yeah. And I, worry for my comedy where this is gonna go because I feel like I'm very like you said like positive and upbeat and I'm just is it gonna take a dark turn I don't know it's all so fresh but so but it sometimes it has to you know as a comic you you develop different voices over the course of your Mm -hmm. career you know Mm -hmm. I've, I've watched it happen especially with younger like newer comics yeah it's like you know they all start they here you know here i was admonishing you for generalization they all start <laughs> talking about dick and boobs right well, yeah and then eventually we all they figure out oh okay yeah this is what i really want to talk about yeah and then they it changes over their career do you think so, that happened for you well i've so i've had to put a pin on like actually doing comedy for mm-hmm. The COVID times, basically. I mean, yeah. I tried a little bit, but it was just very difficult. Because I've got a, a son, and there's not a backup for, you know, mm-hmm. keeping an eye on him. I'm, we're getting to the stage, and he's like two years away from college. So I'm, I'm, I'm counting down to some extent to being able to, to go back. Um, I've always been very dick and balls oriented. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a mathematician, so oh I kind of want to make that. mine yes. a little bit <laughs> smarter. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've, by the time I, I had to, by the time COVID hit, I was probably three years in. So I really hadn't gotten okay. to that point where I could say, yeah, all right, my voice needs to change because I was still figuring out and st- would still be figuring out, you know, who I am on stage. Yeah. That's so, so insightful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love how you put that very eloquently. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's easy because you're just figuring out like how to stand on stage, which is the whole thing, yeah. you know, like how does an audience see me, right? And that's yeah. before you even open your mouth. Right. And then you have to learn how to like structure a joke, mm-hmm. pu- set up punchlines, set up, you know what I mean? Right. Um, Eric yeah. Andre says it the best. He's like, words, 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 punchline. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. It's, it's not easy. And everyone has a different cadence and everyone has a different rhythm mm-hmm. and a different perspective, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. And you will, and everybody does that. Everybody does. I'm not generalizing, but everybody imitates until they find, yeah. you know, their own, their right. own voice. Right. Right. So, you know, when I get back, oh, my voice is very definitely the, the nerdy mathematician who wants to have a dirty sense of humor, but is also very old. So. You know, she doesn't care. That's quite a brand. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really tough to fit on a sticker when I get to merch, the yeah. merch stage yeah. of my career. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for all you do for Austin Comedy. I mean, you really do a lot between everything on the website, the podcast, the showcases. Like, you're out often. I mean, you're, you're 
such a supporter. I am. And it's, it's tough, but I, I, I do love, like, I went to a show last night Mm -hmm. and this is a comic who came through for Austin for a tour that she's taking around the country. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, it's Kara Connors and she had booked, uh, she had booked Angelina for her as her opener. Mm -hmm. And I love Angelina and she, she was on my showcase a few months ago and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's, cause I saw her when she was first starting and through COVID, I never got to see her. And then I got to see her on my showcase. I'm like, oh my God, she's blossomed. Yeah. So beautiful to see. Yeah. And then I saw her last night and it was so fun that the fallout, you know, they come out of the green room Yeah. and there's all these people waiting to talk to both of them. And it's just, it warms my heart when they make a beeline for me. Mm-hmm. The hugs mm-hmm. happen, and they're like, "Thank you, thank you for supporting." And yeah. I'm like, I'm happy to offer words of praise. Yeah, to anyone, I will offer words of criticism behind the scenes, off recording, but words of praise—that's my—that's my, that's my yeah. language. Praise in public, criticize in private, for yeah. sure. No, but <laughs> yeah. and I think it's so important to be a fan of your friends too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think we forget that. Yeah. We get so warped in our own little bubble. It's like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not funny. I'm not talented. It's like, stop for one second and like, go support your friends. You know, it's so important. Yeah. And I feel like I don't do enough going out to see shows, but. Are you kidding me? No, going out in that narrow area of going out and seeing new comics and new voices. But I, I know what I'm offering to the scene. And it's not just me, by the way. It is Richard who yeah. does web stuff. Thank you, Richard. Um, I, you know, I just feel like hey, this is me growing. This has really turned into a therapy session. Yeah. It never feels like I can do enough. Yeah. Or I'm doing enough. Yeah. But there's only 24 hours in a day. and It's the worst. Yeah. It's a curse. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get older and it just goes faster. Yeah. What the hell? And then, you know, if you're an A personality type, you know, who type A, it's like, I got this to-do list. It's got to get done. Yeah. No sleep. Do you do that? Do you put a to-do list? Oh, yeah. That was something that I learned from somebody a few years ago. I had never used a written calendar. It was always mm-hmm. an online calendar. I am obsessed with calendars. I would say that is my obsession. That's your thing. Okay. In the kitchen. It's just not a big kitchen. I have two calendars. Okay. Yeah. I have my digital calendar. And your phone. Which I pay for an app to oh, okay. do that. Uh, and then I have my paper calendar. And the paper calendar at my desk is like a lifeline. And the reason that I decided to do a paper calendar at my desk is somebody said, you may have all these other resources for, uh, you know, keeping track of, of your things, your events, you know, the online calendar, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's such great value to writing down your to-do list because then you can look back and you can say, well, if mm-hmm. I had a goal at the beginning of the year to do this thing, mm-hmm. by looking back, you can say, you took these baby steps to get to that thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't get to that thing, that mm-hmm. big thing, yeah. you look at these baby steps yeah. that you were able to check off the list. I love that. And so I decided you know, that, that was going to be my thing. So anytime I think, oh, I yeah. feel like I haven't moved forward, I can say, oh, but look at... I love that. I love yeah. that. So for anybody that is goal-oriented, that is... Mm-hmm. Uh, great lesson because it gives you an opportunity to look backwards Mm -hmm. and realize you are moving forward. Mm -hmm. You're accomplishing things. If you, you know, check off, clean the litter box, 
hey, didn't. At least you you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know sometimes I mean I don't know about you but like I do uh, I do fight depression often. And, uh, sometimes just the nicest thing I can do with myself, I'm like, I took a shower today mm-hmm. and that was enough, yeah. you know? Yeah. But changing a litter box, that's like a whole, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I think that's good. I think that's important. And it does, it does help to see and it accumulate, you know what I mean? It does add up like yeah. those little things yeah. add up. Yeah. All steps forward. So Maggie, I think we have done such a great job of exposing a little bit of what your personality is like. Like a very <laughs> generous, very positive. Really just dark. A hint of, <laughs> a hint of darkness, obsession with mortality. This lately. is recent. It's a very new yeah, thing. It's yeah, so lovely. new. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to find out about how you got to us today by talking about what you were like as a child or kid, somebody growing up as far as this performance thing because it does feel like it's just a very natural part of of you it's so funny that you say that oh were my you God. like a shy kid um yes um but i was always in orchestra in mm. choir i was always on stage i can remember playing the pretzel girl in the kindergarten Christmas play. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was always on stage. And yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't know how to say this without like making my family sound like oh. crap, you know, cause they're not like, yeah. um, but my, my grandmother was the reason that the family was together and she passed away when I was very, very young. Mm. And there was definitely a void in there. And I, you could tell that it, it hurt my parents um, when she passed away. Um, aunts and uncles all of a sudden were no longer around. Mm. And uh, and there was a void. And it was like, oh, someone's got to keep everyone together. And mm. I think I think that I was that glue. And I hear this often as an adult. Like, you're so much like your grandma Joan. You're so much like your grandma. Mm. You know? And I think subconsciously, I don't think at nine or 10 years old, I was trying to like keep the family together, but I think there was an element of like, stay in the room longer, everybody, you know, like keep, keep, uh, keep the house, keep the home, keep the family close together. And if I could do that by singing a song or doing a dance or making a piece of art or whatever it was like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was, that was me. Yeah. I was, I call myself, I don't call myself, but everyone calls me like the, the, the white sheep of the family. You know what I mean? Like everyone was so much cooler. Like both yeah. my parents like smoked and grew pot. And like my sister got into so much trouble as a teenager. And I was like, I want to get good grades and I'm going to be in all the after school activities. Like, look at me, you know, just jazz hands and tapping just yeah. all the thing. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, so by the time you were a teenager and you had figured out, you know, or not figured out, but by the time you get through high school and you kind of have gone through that teenager phase and whether you rebelled or you just dove into something, was there one thing out of this performance element in this, you know, well, by then your parents were no longer together, Yeah. but was there something in particular that was like, uh, this is my passion? In terms of like performing? Yeah. Um, I can just remember, I don't know if something in particular that happened, but I remember 
in the bathroom as a kid, we had these be this like huge floor mirror, you know, uh-huh. it was like the sliding mirror on the shower or whatever. And I remember taking all of our very cool towels and like wrapping them around my body, like a gown. Uh-huh. And I would give myself Oscar speeches oh. to myself in the mirror. I just remember doing like, this is, <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing that. But yeah, I would like, I would, I would, I just remember thinking like, no, I'm going to be not. And I, I, I got a scholarship to go to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City. Oh. It was like right around the time of 9-11. So like it was not a very long dream. But I, I, I'm so grateful that I couldn't hang because I really thought like I'm going to be on Broadway. And I, I did the whole song and dance and I did. I can sing. You know, like I yeah. could do it all. I got a scholarship to go. Um, I didn't have the confidence to stay there, but I knew I loved that. And so when I got back to California, I kind of dicked around for a little bit and I was like, I guess you got to get a real job. I think all performers feel that like, Oh, I'm supposed to do a real thing. Um, but instead of fighting it, I found a radio broadcasting school in Huntington beach in orange County, California. And, uh, and what a blessing that was. Um, three months into the seven month program, I was interning. I had a full-time job before I even graduated and I had instructors come through and like they would hear and they're like, you're really good at this. And I just followed that. And I just went and I followed it all over the country and made some amazing friendships, connections. Um, and I hope I made people laugh. And I think that's where I figured out wordplay and how to like be myself without being seen. You know what I mean? And so like learning how to, to write, um, is where I did that learning how to produce live events, right? Why is this important for a business? Why is the audience care? Why, why would, you know, fellow radio broadcasters want to come out? So it's like all that stuff that we think about in comedy. I was just doing it behind a microphone where no one could see me. Yeah. And so to get on stage and do stand up was such an easy transition. Cause I already had all those tools. Mm-hmm. Now I just had to figure out like, well, you can see me. So I have to, you know, and people forget this sometimes like audiences make judgments on you before you even open your mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things. So from how quickly you get to the mic after your name is introduced, you know, to like the shoes that you're wearing, all of those things matter, um, so much. And, and, and maybe I'm just saying that because I'm a, I'm a female and I don't think our, our male counterparts think about it as much Mm as we might, but yeah. So I, I don't know if there was one particular thing <laughs> that uh, was like, yep, you're a performer. I think I just didn't know how to do anything else. Yeah. So <laughs> did, did you think that it was a matter of, because it was very telling to me that you chose the words uh, that you didn't have to be seen when you were doing the radio stuff. And you mentioned that you weren't confident and that you think that that's why you left the program in New York. Oh, yeah. That it just t- have you ever took- put on a leotard? It is humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> it is humiliating. And listen, at 18, 19 years old, I had nothing to be humiliated about, yeah. but it was very exposing. Yeah. And I was not ready yeah. to see myself like that. Yeah. Now, pff, all day, you know, like <laughs> I take like pinup shoots, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I don't care now. Like we're, we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm never going to get hotter. This is the hottest I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So it's like, you know, yeah, you want to see my bra? Let's look yeah. at it. Uh, <laughs> um, so it took your, uh, your life to get you to have, have your confidence level even up 
to the confidence level you were you were gaining through the radio work. Yeah. To then be like, oh, I, I'm I'm good on stage. I can do it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't tell anybody the first time I did it. I just. I was going through a divorce at the time, and I was like, I got stuff to say that you can't say on the radio. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I just signed up. I didn't tell anybody, and I was like, oh, no one hated it. That was fun. I'm going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And then it became an addiction, and then it became a, oh, yeah, this is this is a part of who I wanted to be when I went to New York to become an actor mm-hmm. the first time. And I just needed this, like, 15-year detour, <laughs> this professional detour, which has done nothing but serve me well. Yeah. So. Was your first comedy performance, stand-up comedy performance in California? No. I started in Champaign, Illinois. Ah. Um, I was working out there as a, as a radio personality. I had gotten married uh, in Illinois. We bought a house together, and I thought, oh, I'm doing the thing. You know, I went back to school. I went and got a bachelor's degree in sociology because I was like, I had gotten fired from one of the jobs, and I was like, well, got a house now, like got responsibilities, like I should probably do a real person job. And then as soon as I graduated, we got married a month later and I was like, I don't want to do anything else. Like I'm really good at radio and I know I can make a living sustaining that. Mm -hmm. And so built a studio in our basement for me. Um, I wound up getting a job not too long after that because I was like, I'll do voiceover at the same time. And that was kind of my first exploration of like doing that side Mm of, um, you know, and, and then it, I realized like I was making a lot of decisions for our life without him. Hmm. And I was like, that's not super fair. And then he very much wanted the white picket fence with the kids and the thing. And I was like, oh no, hmm. probably should have talked about this more. He was such a wonderful friend. You know, he's a good person, a wonderful friend. We just didn't, we were just young and didn't talk about huh. what we really wanted. Yeah. We'd been together for so long. It was like, you're together for five years. What do you do? You ask someone to marry you. And when someone asks you to marry them, you say yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that was, that was it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, maybe we didn't need to do all that. So, yeah. So Champaign, Illinois is college town, right? It is. Yeah. So you were how old? May I ask oh, when you started stand up? Um, I was 31. So yeah. 31. Married? I was married at 29. We separated at 31 fully. Yeah. Okay. Married at 29, 30. Yeah, so I had, maybe it was 30. So you've gone through stuff and you're, you're doing stand-up in front of college kids. What I'm imagining in my mind. I'm sure There's some townies more there, than but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like I was a college kid too. You know what I mean? Oh, so many true. of my friends like were students there yeah. also. So I was just an old student. Yeah. Which felt like I was really old at the time, but oh, now, Lord, no. yeah, now I'm like, oh, <laughs> if I had to go back today, yeah. that would be. Ugh. Did you feel like that spark when you you did it that first time? Because you said that you know the response was good and you felt good about it. Did the yeah. spark hit like right away? Oh yeah, when people laugh, yeah, you chase that high forever. Yeah, that first time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think part of it too was like, I was doing improv comedy with some friends in town and we were a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I had just, because of my radio background, uh, I was working for a station at the time and, um, Jesse and Justin Tuttle, who kind of run Champagne or CU comedy in that town, um, they put on a big festival at the time. 
it was like five days, nine shows. It was awesome to, to go to all those shows. And I helped do a lot of the marketing and promoting, which is what they wanted. That's, that was my part. And then uh-huh. our improv group got to be part. So I watched all those shows and I remember thinking, I was like, there were like three or four women that came through here that were not improv. Hmm. I don't like that. And instead of like getting mad about it, I was like, I should do this. <laughs> I should do it. And I just did. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't tell anybody. And then all of a sudden, like months later, people are like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> what took you out of champagne? Um, my, I call her my sister, but my very best friend, uh, and her husband were ha- starting to have kids. And I was like, yeah, I, w- I want to be around the family. Aww. I want to be around them. And they were back in Orange County. And so, um, I was like, yeah, it's time. I can. Yeah. We're getting divorced. There's no reason I hit, I felt like I hit the ceiling in radio and, uh, yeah. And so I went back. I was like, yeah, it's time to Let's follow the stand-up thing. Yeah. Let's get let's get back to the the acting roots. That's what I wanted to do, and see what happens. Yeah. So you were calculating. You knew that you know, L.A. area. Yeah. It's where you act. It's where you do stand-up. It's. it's yeah, big... you do stand-up to be seen while you're waiting for your acting career to take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> Except like I was just so much better at stand-up. It was easier. It was more fun. I was producing four shows a month. Doing you know, oh. it was a lot of stuff. Um, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I made a, I made a big deal in LA. (laughs) I made a splash, I think. So, so this is, this is where I throw out the random trivia that, um, a comic that I interviewed last year, he made this observation about the LA versus uh, OC because I'm, you know, California. So yeah. Yeah. Orange County. OC. Yeah. Um, the difference between those two scenes Mm -hmm. You go to L.A. Mm-hmm. to be seen, but you do comedy in O.C. to actually work on your stuff. Um, because there's more time, more opportunities in Orange County, and it's much harder to get stage time in Los Angeles. Um, I think that's all depending on like where you look. Hmm. I don't think it's any more difficult to get stage time in Austin. Yeah. Orange County is just very different because it's very Republican. They're, they're hidden behind what's called like the orange curtain. So LA is very liberal. And if you don't speak like people in LA, um, it is difficult to get stage time. Um, and Orange County does tend to give you longer sets, which is a great space to like work out. But I don't, I don't remember feeling like in LA, like, Oh, I couldn't, work on jokes or like work on whatever. Mm-hmm. Then again, I also like made spaces for myself to do that. So I don't, how do you do that in LA? I mean, it's just so big. What do you mean? So my, my vantage point or my point of data is the comedy bureau. Like, cause I oh, like yeah. to see oh, other yeah. sites that post shows and that website. I mean, there's hundreds of shows a day. I know. And Jake something. I can't remember his last name, but Jake, he works so hard on that. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. I don't even know how. And I just think, oh gosh, it must be so hard to figure out who to talk to. But you did say you created your own space. That's I part mean, of it too. It's like you want stage time, you make a stage and you share. It's no different yeah. than here in Austin. It's the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. you want to go up, 
make a space and then you trade. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what you did. And I went up a lot. I wasn't, I wasn't hungry for like, Oh, I need to go. Um, what kind of shows did you create it over there? Okay. I'm glad you asked because <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Cause I can't wait to bring it to Austin, but okay. there's, um, there's two, um, one called the challenge mic, which I'm working on bringing back here to Austin. It's an improv style mic. And it really is just like a wonderful workout space for comics where you don't come up with any prepared material and you just come in with an open mind and you pick topics out of a bucket and you just riff. You can uh-huh. story tell, weave it into your own jokes. Doesn't matter. Like it's your time, your five minutes you play. But what's great is like, it, it really is like a writing Mike. Um, and when you listen to other comics, you don't know what they're going to say. Cause it is all improvised yeah. and it's such a great way to like spark. Oh, I could, Oh yeah. That reminds me of, you know, whatever. Yeah. I can't tell you how many jokes I've written because of that, huh. that Mike. Um, so I'm, I'm working on that and I'm very close to having that uh, up here in Austin anyway. And then the second one, uh, was a show called comics and chaos, which, um, I have quite a punk rock heart uh-huh. and soul. And so one of my very good friends, Adam Mays, he ran a music open mic, which I thought was a comedy open mic. And I walked in, it was very early on in my LA days. And he was like, Oh, you're hilarious. Do you want to produce shows for me before I put these bands up? And so Adam and I became very good friends and he came up with this concept called comics and chaos. And so we were producing these rad shows with just like alt comics, like very like grungy underground, dirty, uh-huh. like just shocked comics and so it was about a about a 50 minute show of comedy and then um maybe about an hour because it'd be like four comics about 15 minutes a piece and then uh he would put together like two live bands after that and it just I don't know the punk rock spirit of it all like it's so much fun so he just hit me up and he was like we're coming to Austin baby we're gonna do this and I'm like I can't wait (laughs) so um so yeah so those are two big things that I think are gonna yeah Make some waves in the scene. I'm nice. so excited. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of this timeline, you decided that you were going to self-teach yourself playing guitar. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you as Maggie with her guitar. Yeah. I haven't seen you. I, I can't even think if I've seen you without yeah. Your guitar. It's in my car right now. I was debating whether or not to bring it for this too. Um, I, I, I was gifted my very first guitar when I was 15. Um, a high school sweetheart. I'll never forget him. Paul. Um, yeah, what a lovely human. And, uh, I don't, I don't know why he gifted it to me. I think I just had an idea. Like I was like, I think I want to try this. And so he, he bought me an acoustic guitar and I just learned, I just taught myself at 15, Strung together. The first song I ever learned how to play was Blues Traveler, Run Around. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) This is like one of those weird things. And that's the only four chords that you need to learn how to play songs. So I'm not very good at guitar. Uh I have not progressed since I was 16 years old. I literally play the same notes. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's that's it. I am am not. uh, But where I lack in, in... a musicianship, I think I'm very clever and mm-hmm. creative in parodying. And I heard an interview with Alicia. I feel like I'm talking so much. I heard an interview with uh, Alicia Keys, and she said when she was like 10 years old, she'd been playing for three or four years, uh-huh. but when she was 10, she was learning all these other songs, and she started rearranging some of it, slowing it down, speeding it up, mm-hmm. and she would take other people's songs and 
kind of turn it into her own music. So she was writing songs that way. I was like, that's what I do. Ah. That's okay. If Alicia Keys does it, I can do that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll take run around and like play it backwards, Uh you know? And then that's a new song where I just took out one chord and that became the conspiracy theory song. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, that's it. That's all that it is. It's like the same four chords. (laughs) That's it. And you just play them in a different order or like a different tempo or like, well, you know. How, where along this process did you start layering in the, the comedy or the parody elements? Um, it was like right before the pandemic. Okay. I was living with uh, my boyfriend at the time, another comedian, and um, I hadn't played in a while and I just started pulling it out because it was, I was fighting depression and for me, like, when you just lose yourself in the instrument and the music, like it just feel like you just feel that sadness, that like hurt leave you. And, um, it was easier to put it there anyway. So after a couple months of like just learning new songs and like getting excited about learning music and singing for myself, um, he would start doing things and I would just start narrating his day through song and mm. I would just be parodying the songs that I knew like I wish you would step back from that microwave my friend <laughs> you know like uh-huh. weird stuff like that and on and then it occurred to me I'm like oh this is really funny and it took me a good four or five times bringing a guitar to an open mic to try this and I remember yeah. comics being like oh you're gonna try that again like oh <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know I don't know I was like I gotta do it and um yeah, and so it wasn't too long, and then the pandemic hit, and so then I was like, but I got ideas, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I made a little a little LP mm-hmm. out of my voiceover booth studio. I don't know. It's probably not very... I, I haven't listened to it. I'm terrified, too. Uh, <laughs> this is like five songs on there, and um, I did it like Weird Al did, and I like reached out to all these like musicians. I was like, hey, I want to make your song into a parody, and... Uh, a couple of them were like, okay, whatever. And then Miranda Lambert's people were like, <laughs> they were like, we cannot confirm or deny this request, but um, we hope to see you at a show sometime soon. And oh I was like, gosh. I'm not taking that as a no. Yeah. I, you know, like that is not a no. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder about that process of, you know, you, you're taking somebody else's song and work and yeah. kind of. I was like, listen, if Weird Al did it, he had to do it at some point yeah. where like he wasn't famous. So I can do it too. Yeah. And I want to do it the right way. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. When did you move to Austin? Uh, December 2020. Okay. Gosh. Yeah. Time flies. Why did you move to Austin? Oh, God. <laughs> um, well, so my best friend slash sister, who's not really my sister, um, they migrated out here about five or six years ago. Her parents came out here. His dad's out here. His brother is out oh. here. Um, my second family is what I call them. And yeah. so uh, so I came out here too. I mean, that's, Did you know about the Austin comedy scene? I mean, I performed here. So like, there's a few comics that I like booked me before. Mike Eaton and Ali Wojcik, <laughs> they would perform in L.A. often. You know, so I got to know yeah. them. Um, that way and they were they've both been very kind in like welcoming me here and like making the transition easier yeah I mean to be honest like I the lease was up the the boyfriend and I broke up and I was just like I don't Hmm. where am I gonna go what else am I gonna do 
So, yeah, I didn't want to stay in LA. There was nothing to do there. Hmm. Nothing was happening. Everything was shut down with no hope of it. But not December 20. December 2020? Wait, am I? God, it's been that long, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I got here. And you guys were already like yeah. phasing like, off masks. You're like, yeah, no, this is not a thing. It's the wild, wild west. Pretty much. And you were like, okay, we'll have a show outdoors. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> but nobody was doing the mask thing here. It was yeah. terrifying, to be honest. I was like, oh my God, I'm damaged. Especially with ca- com- in comparison to California, mm-hmm. which is, you know, mm-hmm. it's been very hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it was just, what else am I going to do? Where am I going to go? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who else do I know? I'm not going to Illinois. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I mean, the boy, we moved to Florida. I was there for like a month. And uh, yeah, and I was like, I'm not staying in Florida. You know, like, I'm not doing that. And I didn't want to go back to California. So I was like, yeah. yeah. Texas, here I go. Uh-huh. I, I'm curious about your observation of the LA comedy scene versus the Austin comedy scene. What do you mean? Well, just how, I mean, what was. I know that you have the the prism of it's in the middle of the pandemic. So during that period, that fall, winter of 2020, I saw the Austin comedy scene like completely transform into something different than it was before the pandemic. But comparing this gigantic comedy scene in LA to our now n- nearing gigantic stages no this is a big austin. deal austin is a big scene yeah it's complicated because you guys don't have we don't have a lot of clubs yet yeah you know but la like you had the comedy store the improv the the haha like there's so many yeah. clubs um flappers is out there it's just like and it, it the, the, it's the same as it is here if you don't go to those clubs and hang out at those mics and like put in your time and like be the bottom man on the totem pole, yeah. you're not going to get booked there. Yeah. Which feels the same here. Like if you don't go to Creek in the Cave and you don't hang out and you don't do the mics, you don't do the three-minute speed mic. If you don't yeah. do that, like you're not going to get booked there <laughs> right. unless you know someone that's producing a show there and you happen to be lucky. But then you got to do the work just like you do it in LA. Like you've got to promote your shows. You've got to bring people to yeah. these shows. You've got to be remembered. You can't be just funny anymore. Like there's more to it than that. Yeah. And that's L.A. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. Do you like to perform without your guitar? Um, sometimes. It's harder. I feel funnier with the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I just wonder if it's become like this extension of you. Yeah. That, you know, it's well, like we were talking early on, like your voice changed throughout your comedy career. Yeah. And... Now you with the guitar, it's, yeah. it's your voice. It's funny. I don't think I'm a funny person. <laughs> I don't think I'm funny. Like I hear these songs and I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? But someone told me very early on, like, if you can't be funny, be interesting. And I think I have that nailed down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's clever. It's yeah. witty. Fine. But is it funny? Like, yeah. are, is it funny? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a gamble every time on stage. I'm like, well, we'll see what these folks think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just hope for the best. Um, I don't know. Is that unusual? Do you feel like that? Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why 
Well, it's, it's the advantage of age, too, where it's like, I know my place. I, I can't compete with the 20-year-old comic. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I'm interesting. Yeah. I may not be funny. Yeah. But I, I do think I am an interesting person. Yeah. And it's just a matter of putting that into a neat package on yeah. stage somehow. Yeah. When I get back to it. You are. You do. Yeah. This is part of it. This is it. Yeah. I touched it. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I touched her computer mic that's rec- holding all the data. It's fine. It just got wiped out. No big deal. <laughs> that's no, fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let's take a quick break here. <gasps> Not for an ad, I wish. But as I mentioned. If you uh, could have this sponsored by anyone, who would you have it sponsored by? Oh, boy. Don't say Taco Bell. No. <laughs> I think what would be really hilarious to be honest, is if I could be sponsored by MeUndies because the, yeah. the idea of me, like I'm already pre-blushing at the thought. Yeah, you are. <laughs> reading an ad for an underwear company. Yes. I just don't know that I could get through it with you yeah. know, a straight face. You could. But I think it would be funny. Do you see those ads on Instagram and like stare at them for an uncomfortably long amount of time? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I must not be looking at the right things. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting any MeUndies ads. Listen, you got to like put it out. Now yeah, that I we're guess. talking about it, your phone's going to hear I, it. It's that's gonna... what I think. Yeah. I absolutely. And I will confirm with you after this. I love that. Interview that I bet you it is. It is. Well, listen, now that I you think, put it out there. Yeah. It's possible. MeUndies. Yeah. I love that's what you came up with. <laughs> okay. Would you like get your cat like a MeUndies? Oh my too? God, totally. Yeah, because oh, that's yeah. the point is like you match your underwear. Oh. Oh yeah. And my boyfriend too. He would get like he has so much. I guess. I've bought him so many. Like he's got a blanket that has her face all over it. He's got a little picture frame with her. Yeah, so I would totally get him. You know what you should get your boyfriend? Does he have a good sense of humor? Oh, absolutely. This is like my favorite test for like any dude. Uh-huh. Get him a face potato. It is my favorite thing. What the hell is a face potato? You just take a picture of him. <laughs> it is the best gift ever. And, like, and I can't remember the name. I think, I'm pretty sure it's like facepotato.com. And you just, they take the picture and your, his face is on a potato. And then they mail you the potato with his face on it. See, you have a great sense of humor. It is like the best joke ever. I'm doing that 100%. (laughs) Oh my God, face potato. I can't. It's my favorite. I have to write this down. He doesn't listen to this. Oh my God, I'm dead. He retweets and shares everything that we put out there, but... I, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he'll yeah. never know. I need to like find this website yeah. now. I'm so <laughs> funny. Well, wh- so where I was going is we're going to take a break because Richard, our our web guru, he got me this where should we begin uh, game. And I don't play it as a game, but what I do is I pick out two cards from the deck and it's just a prompt. Okay. So pick from left or right. Your, and you have to tell me your left or your right because otherwise I don't uh, know which one you want. I'm... Whatever that is. Okay, whatever this one is. All right, so you're my right, your left. Oh boy, I'm nervous. Also, I just looked at the website, by the way, uh-huh. and it's potatoparcel.com. Potato parcel. Okay. <laughs> now, if they could be a sponsor, oh my God. wouldn't that be? I just want them the best? to like sponsor my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. Face potato. <laughs> All right. Here's your prompt. Okay. A conversation I need to have with my parents. Oh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, or we could pick the other card. 
There's no curious. rules. I know. I was like, this is deep shit. <laughs> Um, the pandemic did weird things. Like I finally, my, I finally like am having a wonderful relationship with my mom. Mm. Like finally. Um, and now my dad, all of a sudden who I always thought was like this intelligent human being and like read between the lines and would like get both sides, you know, he's just let the news like make him afraid. And now I just can't stop myself. He'll say things. And I'm like, nobody's arguing that climate change isn't real dad. No one's arguing that, you know, like just like, I I don't know. I don't know why (laughs) I can't stop myself. You know what I mean? Like he got so angry with me because I got COVID twice. Um, once when I first got to Austin and then back in like December, (laughs) just a couple months ago, but I had the vaccine. I've gotten it. I'm fully vaxxed. Um, (laughs) but when it first came out, I was like, dad, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait. I've had COVID. Like, I'm just going to wait and see, I'm just going to wait and see, you know? I knew I was going to Europe. I knew if I had to, I would get it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that basically, like, I was written out of the will. <laughs> you oh, know? Gosh. I was so angry all of a sudden. I was like, I don't know what I did, mm-hmm. Dad. Like, you just let the news terrify. And I think we're yeah. all victim to that, yeah. you know, just being terrified. But now, like, we're slowly starting to, like, talk again. And uh, anything that comes up that's, like, new, you know – Global warming seems mm-hmm. to be like a big hot topic right now. And he's just like, yeah, global warming's real. It's like, nobody is denying that it's real. Da- you know, like, I can't help myself. <laughs> it's like, poke the bear. What's wrong with me? I didn't have to say that. I didn't have yeah. to be, you know, I could let him just talk. No. <laughs> Being a jerk. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, parents. I think what I, yeah, I think I feel sad for my dad. Like, I see him and he's not a happy person. Mm. You know, like. He's in this job. Like he was telling me, he was like, Maggie, I was at such and such company for 16 years. I've been at this company for 22 years. How many years is that? I'm like 38, dad. He's like, yeah. And I've been paying a mortgage for 38 years. A standard mortgage is 30 years. Why am I still paying a mortgage? Like he was just like miserable, you know? And like his wife works so hard. So they're not, they don't hang out as much as I'm sure he'd like. He's living in a city where like he doesn't really know many people. But it's just like, I don't think he's a happy person. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he's like, I'm too old to change, to make any big changes at this point. I'm like, you're not dad. You're not, you're 60. Like you can do whatever you want, whatever you want. Yeah. It's daunting. I Mm. can tell you that it's daunting Mm. to make big changes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just breaks my heart. I'm just like, you know, how do I meet him where he's at Mm -hmm. with compassion? Yeah. Oh, I get that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to fight. We're all going to die. I don't want you to die tomorrow, Dad. And, like, yeah. the last thing I said to you was, like, no one's arguing about climate change. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. 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 Let it go. But I can't. I don't know why. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. No arguing. <laughs> Does that answer the question? Was that? I don't know. Oh. You have to read it. I now. have to read it. Yeah. She made a face. She pulled yeah. up the other card and was, she made this, this like crazy. scrunchy face. This is so crazy. I did you watch me rain? Just yeah. I, she just picked two off the top. What does it say? My experience with death has Stop been. Stop it. Ugh, I can't. Not mine. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. It's not great. It never is. I mean, is there is there ever a death that happens under good conditions? Yeah, when it's not violent. Yeah, but. Do you think if you were to die tomorrow, like, you'd be, like, you'd, you'd meet, like, the gatekeeper, whoever, you know what I mean? Like, do you think you'd be, like, yeah. Like, you come out of your body and you're looking down and you're, like, I did good. 
Do you think it'd be like that? Or you'd be like, oof, I wish I got like five more years to finish. I'm raising a child. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd yeah. be beside myself. Yeah. That oof. I can't yeah. be there for. God, that adds a whole nother layer of yeah. fucked upness. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, if, if anybody has not ever pieced this together, uh, I'm his only parent. Mm-hmm. So uh, he lost his dad. Oh my God. A few years back. And so I'm all he's got. He's got a stepmom, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But I am, you know. It's you, 24 7. Yeah. So it would. That's no. so hard. Yeah. There's, there's no way I could see it as anything other than, God, I had so much unfinished work yeah. to do. He's a great kid, incredible kid, but. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, el- like, what else? Like, what's one thing that you're like, oh, I can't. I can't leave before he knows this or fully gets this. I, I think I mean, we joke about this. I tell him the moment you graduate high school, you're out of here. I'm kicking you out. Because mm-hmm. by then, if I haven't done my job, mm-hmm. then I really fucked up. You should be an independent child mm-hmm. or you person. Know, adult yeah. person. So he can do his yeah. own laundry. Do his own he laundry. can make his own grilled cheese. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but. He knows how to, he'll know how to drive through a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> drive through. Yeah. No. Uh, Uber Eats, yeah. we know how to push buttons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. So. yeah, that certainly adds a whole other layer of just mm-hmm. like. Yeah, and that's, that was part of the reason why I had to put the comedy on hold. Because during mm-hmm. COVID, when every, the kids are, you know, t- learning from home, nobody's yeah. going to campus, his, his dad is gone. So, you know, we were we were the best co-parents. It was kind of like Aww. one of those things where, yeah. you know, we divorced. We should have just been co-parents all, all along because we were so incredible co-parents. Mm-hmm. And his stepmom was fantastic, is fantastic. And um, I love that you can speak that way about them. Yeah. That's wonderful. I, we you don't were, hear that very often. Yeah, and yeah. that's, it will hit from time to time, like how sad it was to lose that because there's nothing that we all three loved more than walking into a parent teacher conference. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm so confused. Two moms, one guy, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, knowing that we were like this allied front when mm-hmm. it came to, to our son. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when, when his dad passed, it's like, I, I lost that, you know, every other weekend kind of thing to be able to go yeah. out. And it's like, that's fine. Cause my number one job is mom yeah and yeah now the things are opening back up a little bit and he's getting older yeah um it's but it's just managing things because like what's one thing turning into my therapy session (laughs) (laughs) years of radio (laughs) what's like one okay one more question what's one thing that you're like when you talk about your son you're like so proud of you're like oh he is this ah i have to only pick one i know I think I love that he has he is intellectually curious. Oh yeah, because that is so important yeah. to me. Because um, we now, especially, it's really cool as a teenager. Now mm-hmm. it's really cool because we can be having this conversation. We were actually talking about the whole Ukraine, yes. and Russia, yeah, thing, and he's debated on the topic in the last couple of years. And we were research. We were talking about it yes this weekend, and. He's like, okay, hang on. 
you know, so searching online for some information. Yeah. It's like, well, did you know about this and this? So it's like, oh, that's cool. You don't want to just have like this high level conversation. You actually are wanting to dig deep and it comes across with so many things. Yeah. It's not, you know, and that's cool. so important because so many people like, right. We just like read these headlines and we're yeah. just triggered to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you feel that way? Yeah. You know, go deeper. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So what a cool human you he made. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. hiding, doing homework. Bless his heart. On a Sunday afternoon, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you did that, but yeah. <laughs> Sunday afternoon for me, I was making plays. That's what yeah. I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> important things. <laughs> um, what? So you have some you have some designs on bringing a couple of your shows to the Austin scene. Mm-hmm. Sounds like one of them is like on the cusp of, mm-hmm. of happening, which is very cool. Mm-hmm is you were in this movie my gosh we haven't even talked about yeah um, and you have acted yeah and this self- like a fool I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding uh sorry <laughs> how is it pursuing acting while you're here which isn't you know it's not the la s- scene of yeah you know, there's this film every other yeah. corner um so i had an agent in la uh who was wonderful, like what a wonderful human being. And if he had the opportunity, he would come out to, to support at comedy shows. He's passed away um, just recently. But when I moved here, I, I couldn't work with the agent in LA because of COVID protocols, because I couldn't just jump on a plane because uh, all the sets, you'd have to be like COVID safe restrictions and yeah. a certain amount of testing. Like there's so much that you have to do behind the scenes to be tested and beyond. Yeah. Anyway, so, but here, I got here and I, I wound up signing with acclaimed talent, which is a, a big deal mm-hmm. in this town. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people are with them. And Jason is wonderful. And I remember the, the very first conversation that we had that made me fall in love with him is how COVID has changed the pipeline for people. And so if you were in LA or New York, you were with the big agency, whatever it is, Williams, Morris, or whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> CAA, whatever. Um, And that's how you got to do these very tiny little bit parts. They call them five unders where you read five lines or under um, for big shows like Grey's Anatomy, you know, like those CSI, you know, whatever those are. And that's how you, you kind of break in to those small bit parts. Um, But you don't have to do that anymore. And productions are leaving. There's so many in New Mexico. There's so many in Georgia, right? There's a lot that was happening here. Texas Rocket Ranger, Rocket Ranger, whatever it's called. (laughs) Uh, There's so many of them all over the place. Because it's so expensive to film in California. You need a permit for everything. And and he was like, you don't don't need to do that. And, And... I love Jason so much. And I told him right off the bat, I was like, I don't want to do TV shows. <laughs> I don't, I don't have the oh. focus for that. I just can't, I don't want to, I can't, I can't show up. Every, and that's where the money is, which is the crazy part. But huh. I was like, I can't do a TV show. I can't be the same character for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And weeks. I mean, listen, <laughs> if a friends came along, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that show came along and was yeah. like, this is you, I'm not going to say no, that's not what I want to do. Right. Like with voiceover, I get a project and I do it, and then I'm done. Yeah. And then it's on to the next thing. And then I get to play another character. I play another audiobook. Mm-hmm. I do another thing. So I was like, unless it's a movie where you focus on it for a month, two, three months, whatever it is, 
and then you get to move on, right? I don't have the attention span to do Interesting. those long, long projects like that. I'd get bored so yeah. easily. So he's been sending me, I, I will, I'll tell you, I probably audition like two or three times a month in LA, which is not a lot. Here, I'm auditioning two to three times a week. Oh, wow. Which is a, a yeah. lot. Bless him. And it's a lot of commercials, mm-hmm. but it's like... I'm happy to yeah. do it. I'm so happy to do it. It's fun. It is so fun. Yeah. And they are like quirky little part. Like I did a dog trainer <laughs> audition last week. You know, like what does that even look like? You know? Um, but yeah, that's up to your, that's your imagine. That's what you do. So your job is to audition. And I feel like I'm doing it more here than I ever was in LA because the pipeline is not there. You know, like it's yeah. just not, it's, a, it's kind of like how hard do you want to hustle? How bad do you want it? And so like self-isolated, there is an element of like, if you want to be in movies, you want to act, you got to do it yourself. You learn all these other things. You learn how to direct, you learn how to set dress, you learn how to costume, you learn how to cast, you learn how to make all these things happen in order to act. And so, uh, the guy I was with, um, Chad Ridgely directs and he wrote this incredible film. Like it is so beautifully written and his whole idea was just use what you have. And in, there was a very tiny window in LA in the summer of 2020, about two weeks. And we just nailed it on the head where we filmed pretty much in our apartment that whole time. Wow. It was like 10 days of shooting in our apartment uh, and, and in the building. And then we did on set, like in different locations, there was like three different locations for three other days. So, um, man, it was intense. Yeah. It was so intense, but well, you were talking about auditioning for parts, auditioning for commercials, auditioning for a movie. Why the hell did you jump into the, well, I'm just going to make my own start to finish and jump into all of the roles, not just the acting part, but all of them. Yeah. Well, because um, Chad and I were together at the time. And when um, your partner makes something that you're excited about, like, yeah, yeah you're excited about it too. And I wanted to help him see this project through and it's so beautifully shot. We got really lucky. The cinematographer is kind of a new and upcoming guy. Mm. Um, Justin, he's incredible. Like he's incredible and kind of in high demand now. So I think we got him early and we got him cheap, you know, uh, which is the way to do it. And so it was a very bare bones crew of like five people and very small cast. And yeah. yeah, And it, and I did it because he was excited about it. We were in the pandemic. What was I doing? I made yeah. an album. You know, like <laughs> I did that. He wrote this. And then, you know, I didn't need much help yeah. to like do my thing. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, making movies a team effort. It's always a team. Yeah. Team effort. So, yeah. yeah. So what, what, uh, what do you have on the horizon that if you could choose being funny on a stage or landing a movie... And you could only choose one. Oh my God. I hate you. <laughs> um, the movie. I, I, it's, I love comedy. Like it's so fun and I love yeah. going on the road and I love meeting fans, but it is so hard on your body. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard to say, you know, I just got back from yeah. the road like a couple days ago and I'm about to leave again in a couple days and it's like. I miss my apartment, you know, and like, and I do, I do want to fall in love and I do want to like have my own family, whatever that looks like. And it's so hard to do that when you're on the road. But when you're working on a film, you either get to come home every night or, you know, like 
there's a certain end point, you know what I mean? Like you've signed a contract, this is what I'm going to make. And it's, you know, it's a sprint, you know, to Mm -hmm. get this done. And then you get to come home and relax until you're ready to go make another thing. Yeah. So. How do you feel about festivals? Like film festivals? Yeah, no, comedy festivals. Into it. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the Plano Comedy Festival, I got accepted into last October, but they decided to like push it back till yeah. next year, which was like a big bummer. Um, one of my favorites, Dan Bublitz, I don't know if you know him, but he runs one up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it's called like the Snow Jam Festival, but the year I went, it happened to be like 55 degrees <laughs> in January, and it was all to raise money for Special Olympics, which was, which is a cause that I've spent a lot of time working with and, and raising funds for. So yeah. it just felt good. And you know, like you get to meet other comics and like, yeah. yeah, like when you do go on vacation and you run through and you're like, who do I know out here? And then you jump on a show and you do your five minutes and it's, yeah. I don't know, it's fun. Yeah. So those are cool. It's a cool way to network. Yeah. What do you think? Are you into it? I think so. I, you know, for, for different comics, festivals mean different things. Like for them, it's a great way to just be out and networking and maybe they can't get uh, it's not that they can't get stage time. Maybe they can't get consistent stage time, but they know that they've, they can put t- something together to get onto a festival. So that, you know, gives them more opportunities outside of yeah. the city and others are like, Oh, I'll never, I'll never submit to a festival. People festival can ask me and you know, it's, uh, I get it. Cause you're yeah. paying money to like, yeah. 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 But it's so, not like it just goes into the pocket of like, these yeah. people watching, you know. Right. Yeah. It goes to like support live comedy. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited because we're at, we actually just got in as onto the oh god I wish me luck on saying this the Lysistrata comedy festival that Rochelle and some of her other New Orleans that's amazing are putting together. Congratulations! Thank you. That's huge. Yeah. When yeah. is that? That is next month the 19th and I'll be interviewing a couple of headliners at the festival yeah I'm not doing stand-up I'm comedy way presents yeah did you know that with this I'm just gonna throw this little tidbit to you but Mm -hmm. with this podcast like so you comedy way podcast, you could go to like just for laughs you could submit for a press pass and go interview all those people you could go to South by you know what I mean and say like I want a behind (laughs) the scenes right you can like when you have a when you have a podcast I can't tell you how many times I've done this (laughs) right Maggie Um, (laughs) I can and I have okay good okay good 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 she's like you're covering okay moon tower and okay good you are stop by is is kind of weird because they don't publish their comedy acts until like the last minute and then I have to be lucky if I can actually connect with them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but moon tower is it's far easier to Okay, good. Okay, so, good, yeah, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hell for yeah. Sure, for sure. And you You're know, it's such a star. One one day I'd love to get invited to more festivals. Yeah, as, but you can also interview. just submit and say like, oh, I feel like going to Canada. I'm going to go to Just for Laughs. I just want to see. Yeah. I wanna... that That's like bucket list item. I'd love to be able to do that. You can. to see. Well. You can. I can. It's you the can. logistics of, of making okay. that happen. That's easy. Yes. That's all figure outable. <laughs> you know, like that's all figure outable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for you. That's big I'm excited stuff. for you. Thank you. <laughs> what have we not talked about that you want people to know about Maggie? <laughs> <laughs> Other than I think we're all going to die and like I wonder what the hell the point of this all is. Listen, I'm spending all of my money right now um, trying to make music videos to make people laugh. Oh. 
Oh, yeah. that's big. Yeah. yeah. Actually, off the mic, I'm going to ask you to be in my next music video. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what it's all about. Okay. I'm like, what I'm it means. excited. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so, so that's like the next like big project yeah. for me on the horizon. Because that's a mini movie. You can yeah. work on it. And you move on. I know. They're so fun. Yeah. It's so fun because it's all my brain and everyone that I tell this about yeah. to, they're just like, oh, I can't wait to be a part of it. So yeah. uh, I hope that you feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like where I've transitioned. Like I'm, I've got a script in my head of like another feature length film I want to write, but it's kind of taking a back burner because like I've got all these music videos. Like yeah. I've just been writing a lot of songs and I don't know what that means, but yeah. I don't know. Hopefully it'll help me get booked somewhere and do more comedy. Yeah. Give I me mean, enough like you do, like Aquafina, like she's kind of a hot mm-hmm. deal right now. Like she made a bunch of music videos and now she's a, an Avenger. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, <laughs> well, that could happen for me too. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Just put it out there. Just put it out there. Yeah. And the, the musician comic is a rare breed. And so they're always, you know, there's always people that are interested in checking them out. So, mm-hmm. you know, that festival thing seems like mm-hmm. that'd be cool for you too. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Oh, Maggie, she's got a guitar. Let's go check her out. Yeah, either that or like, ugh, <laughs> she needs a guitar to be funny. That's not no, good. No. Can't be good. Oh. <laughs> hack, hack comic. Well, we are gonna start wrapping up. This has been really fun. This is, I just yeah. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you're such a delight. Like, <laughs> and it's nice to be able to chat with you more than just like yeah at the shows you know when yeah. everything's busy and we're we're working and like ne- you know like the network mm-hmm. i mean that's all part of it so it's yeah. nice to have like a nice intimate mm-hmm. conversation with you yeah that's my favorite part and that's mm-hmm. why i started the podcast is because i wanted this was my tagline way back when is i wanted i wanted to get to know the people off stage just as much as i wanted to see them on yeah. stage i love that so, yeah thank you and that's why i love that you know at a show that i go to you know, when they come out of the green room, they're like, hug. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Hi. Hugs are the best. Yeah. Hug, losing hugs during the pandemic sucked. Yeah. So. Did you get a weighted blanket? No. She just sleeps on me. The cat. <laughs> That's how I got through it. A weighted blanket. That makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I dig that. Yeah. I dig that. I dig this. I dig you. <laughs> I dig comedy, Wham. I'm into it. Support Valerie. <laughs> All right. Let's close out wrap up here one word to describe your future (gasps) Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) um one word to describe my future i want to say death (laughs) but that's not going to describe all of it um i open yeah that works yes and open (laughs) Yes, and. <laughs> I know. You said only one word. Otherwise, yeah. I would have said yes, and. <laughs> Improv 101. That is a wrap on Comedy Wham! Presents Maggie Mayfield. Tell us where we can find you and promote your upcoming shows, projects. Besides what? potatoparcel.com? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at maggiemayfield.com. M-A-G-G-I. There's no E. Mayfield.com. Very good. Very succinct. 
<laughs> and we look forward to seeing you at the uh, showcase. I'm so excited. April. Yeah. I'm so happy. We made it. One year. I know. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Maggie got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much <laughs> as I have. <laughs> this has been Comedy Wham Presents. Maggie Mayfield. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you. <laughs>